Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the episode two of FPL Black Box with me and Mark. Uh, it's great to be to be back, and and the reception from the last one was was fantastic, wasn't it, Mark? So good yeah, to be back. It was, it was brilliant. Well, I, I actually couldn't wait to get started again, and we didn't muck up the intro that time. Perfect, I think. I hope. It went seamless, seamless. No one will even know that it's you going. Go behind no, the scenes. No, well, they, they will. They will know that because they saw it last week. Oh, I was so annoyed about that. And also, <laughs> five minutes before we went on air, I've lost my my headphones. Sound went. So if that cuts out during the show, I'm really nervous about that. Then, as you'll <laughs> just have to fill the dead be air. Fine. Yeah, be fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. So we've got. Uh, yeah, we've got some some good stuff to talk about today. We are. We're not going to reflect too much. Um, because there's not much to reflect about because we did all our reflection last week. So we're going to talk a bit about our goals for the uh, coming season. And what was it you said, Mark? No, no vague goals. That's the... Uh, we're not allowed. Thing. No, we're not allowed to just be like, oh, hey, we felt I might go, you know, top top 200k. We've got to be really definite with what we want, apparently. That, that's, I mean, that's what the, uh, the black box thinking methodology says, that if we don't have a clear goal, we don't know if we've succeeded or failed. So we've got to be yeah. really ballsy. But what I, what I mean... Well, we're talking about it a set, but those those goals might shift throughout the season. But definitely oh, to start yeah. with, well, we should have a have, have a good, around. yeah. Um, and then you've done you well. You've been doing loads of research on on captain fails. Uh, your last week we dissected your transfers. Oh, this week man. it's your captains. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing. Right? I, I thought last week was bad. I mean, if anyone saw that episode, you could see the list of players that I brought in in the first ten weeks before the wild card. It was awful. Um, row gallery of players. Um, including Wesley. I still can't believe that one. I was nightmares <laughs> on. Um, so then I started looking at captains because captains is the other big kind of area of decision-making we have. And I thought, well, it can't be as bad as transfers, but they really were really awful. And so like improving as an FBL manager is easy when you've made so many blindingly obvious mistakes as I did mm. last season. So yeah, yeah we're going to look in detail at my captains. And I managed to find uh, another manager out there who is particularly good picking his captain i didn't realize how good uh until this evening when uh fantasy football scout just published an article on their captains um and they um it was written i think by the guy who had the second highest captain tally in the world last season which is really impressive until we talk about our guy because he had the highest 
Captain Tally. Just got a one-up them. Just, one <laughs> just by pure accident, um, <laughs> they went out of an article and we've got the guy who you beat him. But um, yeah, so we'll look at his stat. And he's um, astonishing. His number's ridiculous. And mm. I, I don't worry, I did ask him who he's going to captain this week as well. So we've got a tip from him at least. Nice, nice. Uh, and then after that, so I think we've we've both been. I have finally tinkered with my team a little bit, so it won't be identical to last week. Just a few little transfers, uh, little changes. So we we'll talk about those. And you cheated again. You've gone for the double, the double lineup. Yeah, you still can't decide. No, I can't decide. I mean, yeah, it's it's. All, I mean, I really want this this week to be over. I just want to get going now. Um, I I'm fine. I actually am finding it really hard. I I, I don't know whether this season is worse than others. I think it's the blanks. The blanks mm. have made it so hard. And we're going to talk about the United decision in a bit of detail tonight. We're going to look at Bruno Martial because they're the two players that I'm swapping in and out. And I'm changing my whole lineup based, not the whole lineup, but three or four players based yeah. on whether I want Bruno or whether I want Martial. And I think this is the hardest pre-season ever. I don't know whether it's because the break wasn't very long. And so, it, you know, you're still kind of kind of fatigued from last season a bit and you're, you know, you're not clear of it. Or whether it's just particularly difficult because of the heavy hitters in midfield and the game week two blank uh, going with one yeah. blank I think we, we just got options haven't we like Chelsea suddenly I mean last year you think about Chelsea there was no one at the start of the season that anyone was was considering the players like Mount and Pulisic and Abraham and stuff were all you know back of people's minds you had um, you know a couple from City United weren't you weren't really sure what you were going to get from United that season uh, whereas this season you know you've got Everton suddenly with a good manager and, and options Spurs as well with defensive I mean there's so much choice it's it's crazy and I'm seeing I'm, I think there is a template emerging but when I'm seeing teams that break away from the template I'm still thinking they're pretty decent and could actually do quite well it is so the Chelsea as well I mean that's just come out of nowhere they're Clearly, they're going to be a very exciting side to watch. Clearly, they're going to have players that we're going to want. Um, and I've I've had to back down on 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 Werner, which we'll see later on. And I'll go into the reasons why on that. It is linked to the captaincy, but they've got Havertz. Obviously, we've got we've got Pulisic coming back as well. So many players. I think that ZS Mount. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and and you know, even the even the defenders as well. We're looking at a lot of people looking at Reese James game week one because it looks yep. like he could play. Um, they haven't got a keeper, obviously. I think defence, if they had a keeper, we'd be investing more in that as well. But, you know, we think that's going to improve. So Chelsea are definitely now in the reckoning. And, you know, we'll probably end up having to change our midfields quite a lot to accommodate them. Mm. Yeah, I, I think and I think that's going to be, I think similar to what kind of happened with United at the end of last season, is probably what's going to happen with Chelsea this season. We're going to end up, because they're so, because the price of them are so good, you know, all under 10 million for any of their assets. I can imagine at some point in the season, we're all going to end up with with three Chelsea, whether it be defender and two attackers or th- maybe even three attackers, Havertz, Pulisic and Werner maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. I, I just don't know how we're going to find room for those midfielders. I mean, this is, no. this is the concern when I'm building my team. I had... Um... In one lineup, I've got money up front, but I'm really hesitant to do that because I know that midfield as well, and well, I want to invest. And so, yeah, that's it's just tough. And 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 as I said last week, I'm I'm tinkering with the side all the time, and it's I'm finding it quite grueling. I can't stop going in. I can't stop watching more content online, and that <laughs> let let me influence You're me. Addicted. On, I know, and I'm on Twitter for the first the time really. And Twitter is what everyone said it would be, a load of noise that actually does start swaying your opinion. And, and mm. 
I'm finding that. Uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or not. We'll have to see. We'll have to see at the end of the season whether I look back and I think Twitter helped me. I think it's helping me. I think that, I mean, I'm, it's given me access to so much more content than I would know about otherwise. So I'd like to think it's a positive thing, but I know that some people like to block it off. So mm. it's an interesting experiment to see how that mm. helps or not. Yeah. So, so, well, I mean, first, the first question then is is going to going to goals and so no vague yeah. goals in mind. What are you? I mean, I think it's a stupid question to ask you what your what your target is because you should be aiming for the upper echelons of stardom, right? I think it's um, what we're happy with. I mean, it's it's you know, it, it, I've I've got to be. I can't lie to myself. Right? If I say like, oh, I want a top one hundred k finish. If I got in the top one hundred k. I'd say that was okay. Um, I wouldn't be really happy with that. So a finish that I'm happy with, I'd have to say would be three figures, and which yeah. sounds ridiculous, but top 10K I would definitely take. Of course, anyone would take that at the start of the season. But if, I, if, I'm, if I've got to be honest and say, what will I be over the moon with? What will I be delighted with? What have I got to try and reach? I'd say three figures. I don't really care. How, how, how many times have you finished in the top 1K? Just twice. Just twice. Um, they're high finishes, you know, forty-two and hundred and twelve, I think. Um, so really high in the to- in the three figures. So I'd sneak if I could sneak into the top one thousand, I would be absolutely delighted. But no, I... you've had three. You've had three top top. You can't even remember. You see, you've had so many. No. You can't. You've had three. You finished two hundred sixty-eighth in two thousand and eight. Did I? You finished three hundred eighty-second in two thousand and eleven, and forty-second. You've had four. You've four. had four more. Oh, okay. Oh. oh my god! You can't remember well, top one no, K finishes you had. It's, wow. I, I you're going back to two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight, two thousand and eleven, two thousand and fourteen, and two thousand and sixteen, and two thousand eighteen. You missed out by three hundred places. You finished one point three K. That is an yeah. amazing record. Amazing yeah. record. It's not bad, but. You're only as good as your last season, and that was terrible, as we're about to look into in a moment. But yeah, so I've I've got to look for one of those. I've got to look for a three-figure finish. I think that I would be delighted with, over the moon with. And I need a good season to get back up the Hall of Fame because I've slipped right down and I'm nowhere, absolutely nowhere. So I need a good season. Whether it'll happen, I don't know. As I said to you, I'm trying to learn to improve through this this podcast and this this stream. It might not happen for me this season, but hopefully in the next couple of seasons. Like um, Martin Boyle just said in the chat, with that record, why consult Twitter? It's, it's true. Like, well, you don't need to listen to all the idiots on Twitter to, to do that well. I wouldn't say con- I'm consulting. I'm just like, I'm fine. I'm just completely wide-eyed. It's like, obviously, I knew what Twitter was, but I never actually went to it as a source of information and as a source of, hey, you should be watching this or, hey, you should be reading this. Never really used it like that. I've always used it because obviously I was running a business. I'd used it to promote the business, which is a really selfish, one-sided way of using it. But unfortunately, that's what businesses do. Um, but now I'm I'm a I'm a punter. I'm a fan again, and so I'm kind of giddy. I'm like, oh my god! I look at you know my stream is full of really good stuff, and so. And and the thing is, I'm consuming content all the time. And um, I'll talk about um, a particular video I watched this week in a, in a bit when we talk about the captains. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I found really really good, and that's you mentioned them last week, the the Planet FPL podcast. Oh, yes. So it, it's almost moving away from FPL and and speaking to fans of of clubs yeah. and just hearing what they say about some of the people we're considering from the fans themselves so there, I listened to the one on Leeds so talking about Ailing versus Dallas yeah. uh, the Palace one Ferguson and 
um, Mitchell, you know, all these kind of things have, have been really helpful from a fan's perspective, helping me know sort of who the players are going to be in the team long term, who are just there for a bit. You know, it's that kind of stuff I, I, I don't think I've really listened to before. Having that kind of fan link is 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 great. Yeah, and do you see the West Brom one? It was yeah. out, it was yep. just fantastic, and it was on a day where I think there was a lot of negativity. Well, why do you think I've got about... Pereira? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. it was just is at the end of the day they they were pushing it, and um, I watched it and I was in the chat with with Susan James, and it was just such a positive thing, and it was wonderful to watch. Um, watch that one if you watch any of them, but try and watch them all because they're brilliant. Um, and yeah, and. Yeah, it's just a fantastic series. And I didn't realise they did that. See, I was oblivious to that kind of thing. I think they've done it for mm. a few seasons. And this is what I mean. I'm I'm finding content which I was shut off from before because I had to shut myself off it because I was so blinkered. It was all about Scout. Now it's I'm I'm like a kid in a candy store. It's fantastic. So top so top one K finish is is the aim. What about you then? Go on. Uh well, I mean really I I want to kind of I want I want to beat you, <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I've got absolutely that's what I want to hear. Yeah, I've got over for a one k finish as well. Uh, I've only finished there once uh, a couple of years ago, which was which was great. Um, you know, it's, it's a nice feeling when you when you get that that high. I think top. I mean, we were talking about this. I think at the end of the season, what what is a good season these days? And you know, I think a lot of people say as as the as the amount of players goes up, you know. You, top 25k top 50k suddenly becomes better than it was a few years ago mm. but i still think there's something about that top 1k top 10k area which it, it feels prestigious and the more people that are added you know the less chance you have in theory of getting into those positions so the more kind of honorable it it feels to get there so you know if, if we're going if we're going all out no vague goals then then 1k's got to be the aim my my absolute main goal though this season is to not get off to a bad start there you go that that is that is my no, non, don't put pressure on yourself like my that. non vague goal I, I i just i just don't want another season of being halfway through the season having to claw my way back up to 100k 10k i want to be struggle, in a, isn't it? yeah i want to be in a position to push forward and even if i try and push forward and i end up you know lower than that i still want to be not in the million mark, you know? So that's the plan. Strong start, stick to my tactics, uh, you know, be aggressive at the start, try and try and do better than, than last season. Hopefully this pod will help. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was listening to uh, Jemble again and he was saying about, yeah, don't get hung up on, on the first game week. Don't, you know, there's plenty of time and stuff like that. But I am, I'm, re- I'm just not following that advice at all. I'm getting really hung up on getting it right first game week. And I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to put pressure on myself, but I do think that, it could go very wrong if you're not careful because if you don't, if you set up to get the wrong Man United player, then you get the Absolutely. wrong Man United player, and that United player gets captained by a lot, goes yeah. up in price twice. Suddenly, you're like really playing catch up, and then it might be wild card times. So. Well, exactly because there's so many options that, and you can't have them all. If you're if you back the wrong horse right from the start, and you stay patient with that horse, and you've got all these other things firing around, it's it's going to really be tough to to claw your way back. After, after that I think particularly this season I, this season I, I agree I can't remember a um, a pre-season quite like this where there's so much so many players to to, to consider I mean even even look at like the 6.5 6 million striker mark I mean there's like seven or eight players that you could that you could feasibly have in in that spot it's crazy and I noticed you put a new one in this week I have I've got a new Ooh. one new, new toy new toy we'll talk about that not, a, not a new name though it's a name I not know a new name. I know no. very well unfortunately it's very but, yeah. very uh, 
famous FPL name. <laughs> okay, should we start looking at captains? And I'd I'll, love to. Yeah, because th- this this came up when um, Greyhead sent some data earlier this week, and we were in a league last year, weren't we? Um, Greyheads, um, the good and the great, uh, or the great and the good, rather. Um, yep. And he uh, and he sent through some data, and he said, oh, "I thought this might be of interest to you." And I had a look, and it kind of confirmed what I already knew. Um, how many are in the league? 16, maybe? I don't know, maybe less than that, 12. But they're good managers. Good. There's a lot of good managers in it. And my captain score was the lowest of the lot. Um, I had 26. More, 26, right. 26. So I, I changed my captain more than anyone else. I think I had 15 different captains, and I had the lowest captain score. Um, and you beat me by, what, 160-odd points for captains, yeah. I think it was? yeah. Which is amazing because it's not historically something that I've been that great at, uh, but I I did something right last year with the captains, um, which is good. Yeah. Un- and, unlike you, <laughs> and it, it's and it's such an important decision. And obviously, along along with transfers that you looked at last week, I've got my captains very very wrong, and it went a lot deeper than that. I mean, I I started looking then at well, who did get their captains right and. Um, FBIanalyst.com sent me some data on the top 10. He did an analysis of them. And there was a guy in there who um, 27% of his uh, overall score was from his captain compared to mine, which is 19. Um, so basically, I, um, I I got in touch with him and, and asked him you know, whether he'd, he'd help me out with some data on how he, how he chose his captains and so on. And um, and he did. Uh, and and it turns out, as I mentioned at the top of the show, he actually has the highest score from his captains in the entire game, it seems. Um, so, I mean, let's have a look at how he compares to me. I mean, his name's Sivert. I'm not going to go into his surname because I can't pronounce it. Um, <laughs> but basically, his total points from captains are 692 compared to my 429. I mean, that is an absolutely yeah. massive gap. He captained 14 different players to my 15. Um, but then, then you start looking at, you know, where were the differences? And I analysed home and away. And he captained 28 captains at home, 11 away, compared to my 25 at home, 14 away. So not a big difference, but some difference there. Then versus top six, he only captained somebody against the top six once, whereas I did it four times. Um, a bottom three, he captained against the bottom three 12 times, and I did it only eight. And then look at this, against the bottom six, he had 22 captains against the mm. eventual bottom six. I only did it 15 times. That's the, There's the difference. Um, and it's fixtures. And it's quite interesting because I was watching Josh Ball, who was the winner of FBL last season. He did a, I don't know if you saw it, he did a video, uh, kind of a lecture about yeah, how... I need to see it. I saw it. Oh, I saw him. I saw him post it. Watch it. It's absolutely brilliant. And and it's weird. And it's so good because it really is a lecture format. It, it feels like you're in open university or something. It, is, <laughs> it even has like a senior lecture introducing it. And um, yeah, it's got all the kind of temp, you know, Oxford University templates and stuff. And yeah, you know, Josh is a clever guy. He's amazing. And and he also has a really good way of presenting it as well. And in in an hour, he, he, it was a fascinating presentation. And it sounds, you know, I don't want to be lectured to, you might think, but actually it's fascinating. And he talked about the captains in particular. And he, um, I won't ruin it too much, but basically the key factor behind the captaincies was fixture and the fixture mm. difficulty. It wasn't the form of the players, it was the fixture difficulty. And if you look at those numbers and the difference between Severt's captains and mines, that backs it up. It's, it's very cool, isn't it, when when you've got someone like that and, and same with Magnus Carlsen, like these these smart guys who 
have such successful seasons using that kind of logic and that kind of thing it it, it definitely because you know a lot you know i talk to my friends about it and they you know they say oh it's all luck like you know there's no skill in it but this kind of thing just shows that there is certain things you can target certain things you can look at which can get you more points and help you in the long run yeah i mean he was josh was talking about the, the modeling and he looked at transfers as well and that was um that interesting wasn't it was less about fixtures more about form um yeah, but but watch that. It, it's really fascinating. And obviously it made me realise that, you know, the key reason perhaps why Severt was more successful, the captain far more successful than me and, and everybody else in the game was because of that figure at the bottom there. He captained 22 players against the bottom mm. six, the adventure bottom six. And he only captained against a, a top six side once. And that was Chelsea. And that was Sun when he got sent off against Chelsea. Oh, wow. Which if you watched all or nothing. Further. Yeah, so yeah. he got a minus two that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's look at some of the players that he, he did captain. Um, so th- there's my picks on the on the right-hand side. On, he's on the left. And um, yeah, I mean, what's what's key there is that we, we both highlighted Serling and Salah, Salah because... I captained Salah nine times and Sterling 11. And actually, going back to Greyhead's league, everyone captained Salah the most, uh, apart from me, in that league. And so I kept In the great and the good? Yeah, in the great and the good. And I, di- I didn't have Salah captained the most. Did you not? I thought you did. Oh, okay. You were saying to me that I was the only manager who didn't captain Salah the most. Okay. But- no, there's, there's, three, there's three of us, and it was all the same player. Right. And it was all Sterling. Really? We yeah. all had so, Sterling the most? Yeah, so Sterling was my most cap, uh, captain player. Um, and it was you and it was uh, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is well, really interesting. Because, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd say we had we all had, we had very different fortunes. I mean, I, I finished fairly well. You finished uh, okay. And Luke sort of dropped off towards the end. But... It's interesting that we all had Sterling and all managed completely different positions in but, that sense. It just shows it's it's when you when you do it, because I mean I I got I got all of my joy from Sterling at the end of the season mm. when I was captaining him nearly every week. Whereas I think you and Luke were, were both captaining him at the start when he was blanking. Yeah, and and do you think there's an element of us feeding each other there? Do you think we were listening? Because I mean that's weird that in 26 people three captain mm. Sterling the most, and it was me, you, and Luke who are yeah. in communication, who are on. You do listen out and watch, look at each other's teams. I wonder whether we were confirming it for each other and going, "Oh yeah." Well, but I know, I know, I know. You and Luke were both adamant for weeks and weeks and weeks that Sterling was going to finally deliver points at the start. Whereas I lost faith with him, and I think I, when I was looking through these things, I was one of the only. I was one of three managers. Um, my top two captains was KDB, so KDB mm. was my second most captain, and he. He is the reason I'd say that of, of why I mean, there's this him and Vardy. Um, you know, when they were in form and they were just scoring points every week, I stopped looking for the really explosive, um, you know, 20 point sterling miracle captaincies and just started keeping it on the more reliable, consistent ones. And because I've struggled so much with a captaincy in the, in the past. It was a really good strategy because it actually meant I was getting points in, you know, trickling in every week. And, you know, they sometimes De Bruyne and Vardy were hitting 11, 12, 13 points as well. Uh, so it worked really well, whereas everyone was trying to you can try. But you can I've always found you can try and be a bit too clever with the captaincy. It's the one thing where you can try and differentiate yourself a bit oh, yeah. too much and not play like a natural 
uh, game. You captain someone just for the sake of not wanting to captain the player that everyone's going for. Uh, so it's yeah, it's, it's I find it, I find it so tricky that. Well, so I mean, I I sometimes feel that that's where you can take a risk. Sometimes if you can't get a differential in, you almost try a bit to overthink the captaincy and go for someone off the wall. I mean, look at some of the players that I captained there. I mean, Callum Wilson's on there. We, we're you know we're going to talk about him in a bit later. Pulisic is on there once. Abraham's on there once. Jimenez once. I mean, they don't sound risky, but they are when you put them up against. This is what I mean. The premiums. the big names. Yeah. 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 That's exactly so, it. So I tried to do that and it didn't pay off. And it's interesting. If you, I, I thought when I, I thought when I'd looked at Severt's teams, I thought, well, he's going to have Vardy a lot and he's going to have De Bruyne a lot because they were the two players I didn't, didn't have. But he only captained De Bruyne three times and Vardy twice, right? So it wasn't really that. It was just because he was more successful. I mean, look at the averages he got out of Aguero. Salah he got 23.6 points out of per captaincy and I got 13.3. So he, was far, he, he captained Salah more effectively than I did. But I've I've highlighted Sterling there because he got only an average of nine point three points out of Sterling six times he captained him, and I captained him eleven times and got eight point nine points mm. on average. So he let us both down really. Yeah. And it just showed. I mean, does that mean that Sterling as a captaincy candidate just? I mean, if if the guy who got the best captaincy score in the world, he captained him six times and he failed to get a good score out of him, maybe that's a lesson we all need to take into this season. Is that? He's really hard to predict in terms oh, of. I, I, I don't you know. know. I don't buy that. I don't buy it because I had so much joy with him towards the end. I mean, I, it's hard. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what was different with him. At, you know, at the end of last season mm. to the start because he looked. He looked a different animal. He looked different uh, when he came out of of lockdown. I, I I don't know whether the the rest you know helped him a bit, whether it let him get his head together, kind of what it did for him. But when I saw him in that first game, he looked. He just looked different to how I'd seen him. A bit more frustrated, a bit more, uh, I don't know, some, there was just something not quite there with him. And he looked mm. like he was back to, you know, being the man responsible for getting them goals. It was incredibly annoying for me because I yeah. um, didn't go with him when we got back. I, you know, when we had that free wild card, I opted to, I think I had him for one game week, maybe. Did I free hit him out? Um, no, I, I wild carded again before the end. I think I wild carded in 32 and then didn't go with him, and I think he scored mm. seven goals in the final six or seven yeah. game weeks. Well, I think I think the it. thing with, the thing with him is, and the thing with captaining players who might not be so highly owned is that it's it's particularly high risk, high reward because you're you're not just banking on your player delivering; you're also banking on the other options not delivering. So you know, if you back Sterling and everyone's backing Salah, and they both get two goals, then you haven't gained any ground you need mm. for sterling to bang and for salah to not score for you to gain the the thing and obviously you know it can it can rise your rank so high because you're getting you know you can get so many points from that decision but it can also really be difficult to, to get that right uh, and that's why i i do think that the reliability factor is i mean you know towards the end of last season i was looking for that explosive differential captain pick because mm. i was wasn't having my rank and i wanted to climb quickly but i think particularly early on, having that reliable stream of consistent points, if we can tap into that early, I think is is the best way to get reliable returns from captain. Yeah, I mean, not, I just... I want to be more interesting than that, but I just I know. think it's a sensible strategy. 
But I just went Salah from the start, and that, that served me well. And then the minute I switched to Sterling, it just started going wrong. Disastrous yeah. for me. And um, and at the end of the season, you look at Bruno Fernandes, who's the top of my average. He got I counted him three times, and he got 29.3 points on average. Incredible. So he really served me well. And, and, and that's in my head going into the new season, because obviously the United player is really crucial, I think. But you know, you, my best two averages for my captain were Martial and Bruno Fernandes. So, mm. and that is really the the lockdown captain. So until that point, before lockdown, the most the average was fourteen points from Antonio. In fact, now that was a lockdown one as well. So there yeah. you go. My top three averages were all lockdown captains. So before yeah. then, I was a disaster, absolute disaster. And again. Last week, you looked at my transfers and people would have gone, well, no wonder Mark had a bad season. Now, this week, you look at my captains, it's like, well, no wonder Mark had a bad season. <laughs> You've I mean, got to finish 100, 100 caps. I know. <laughs> I, I really do feel that. I, I'm, I'm actually grateful that it wasn't really embarrassing because the mistakes are glaring. But at least, at least I can, I know what I've got to improve. I've got to get what? my transfers right and my captains. What do you think of, because, you know, I think the the manager that, Everyone's the FPL manager. That everyone's talking about at the moment. I think he's in the chat. He's, he's late riser. Mm. Uh, you know, posts some amazing articles on the site. He's he's got, you know, he's world number one in India. He's you know he's he's well, a bit like you, just great finishers. Someone everyone should listen to. Um, his strategy of switching around the premium assets and capturing them and targeting those lower fixtures. Everything you've said today indicates that that is in theory, one of the best strategies you can do. Because you're, if you're targeting the, the top players playing the bottom teams, they're the most likely ones to get returns, right? Yeah, absolutely. And he does that, obviously, successfully. And it, it, it's it's something I cover. He's very good with Aguero, isn't he? Because Aguero is really pretty... If you look at Severt's um, average, Aguero is right at the top there. So he was incredibly effective at Captain Aguero. And I think late mm. riser is as well. So, and, and he actually is quite easy to spot fixtures where you think, oh, Aguero is going to bang you know, two or three goals in that one. And, you know, 50% of the time, perhaps he does deliver at least a goal. You know, he's prolific, obviously, but he's a, he's a flat track bully when City destroy teams. He's obviously normally a big scorer. So, yeah, I mean, I reckon late rise will be looking at the fixtures already and going, right, Aguero's coming in there and he's coming in there. And obviously, though, you've got to manoeuvre your team and your bank to be able to do it. And that's not easy. Well, that takes a lot of planning. It does. And, 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 you know, it, it can backfire. And I think it's what, What's impressive? I mean, you know, I always remember Kane versus Cardiff stands in my mind. You know, you, you people would kind of decimate in their teams, taking minus fours, minus eights, wild cards to get in Kane for that Cardiff game, capturing him blank. So when that happens, it immediately makes you think, okay, this strategy isn't perfect. And it's not perfect because it's, it, again, it's high risk, high reward. You're moving out premium players, regardless of what fixture they've got that could always score to bring in potentially less owned players with better fixtures who could blank. And then if you've taken hits and you haven't, you know, juggled things, um, you know, so you're doing things for free, it can really harm you if it, if it goes wrong. But some people like Pranil don't care and they want to hit that, that high of getting it right and, and exploding up the ranks. And I, You've got to admire that strategy. It's oh, yeah, I do. But the thing is, the game. Kane is a very different animal to Aguero. Kane, we mm. know. We talked about player signatures last week, didn't we? And Kane has that. We know you can't look at a fixture and go, Kane's going to definitely deliver. Whereas Aguero, yeah. you can. I mean, yeah. it's not guaranteed. But if I was if I was backing anyone against an easier fixture, you would go Aguero. You wouldn't Absolutely. go Kane. You're, you're, not, I was, you're not surprised to see Kane blanking against Cardiff, but you would be surprised if Aguero blanked against yeah. Cardiff at home playing yeah. a full match. 
Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, even, even against Norwich, where City lost, I think Aguero scored, didn't they, and got, got something. So, you know, even in games where they don't perform against easier teams, he always finds a way. And the thing is, he will this season, and we're not even really considering him. I'm sure late wise of his, but 10. I'm 10.5, 10.5. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even thought about it. I mean, you know, we we probably got Werner up front and we can switch to him. But when when he, he starts and City get in the groove, he's going to be a factor. And we, you know, yeah. I've said this has been a hard pre-season. We haven't even had Aguero or De Bruyne to worry about really yet. So and it's, I, I it's think, get you know, difficult. in terms of like price rise, I think uh, people are going to lose patience with with premium picks so quickly. And particularly mm. the start of the season, I wonder if we're going to be able to afford to wait and give them time. So, you know, if Werner starts three games without a goal and you've got Martial, Aguero, Kane, you've got, you know, all these other players who you want, people aren't going to settle for that. You know, he's got, what, 45, 46% ownership already. Like he, you know, if Werner starts not very strongly, which and I, and I think he will start strongly because of, of the players Chelsea have bought and the way Lampard plays. But if he doesn't, I think we're going to be talking on black box quite a lot about do are we going to knee jerk knee jerking? I think this season is going to be particularly rampant. Yeah, I, I look at. I mean, I my fear for Werner is because I've been convinced, and I'll show you why in a minute to go for him. Is that at Brighton we get a blank, we get him playing out wide quite a bit, moving out the left a lot, mm. and he gets taken off on sixty five minutes. And Abraham comes on and yeah. scores. Right, and if yeah. that all if that happens, which it's not out of the question. You know, if Chelsea haven't scored after an hour, Werner could come off, especially if he's not, you know, holding the ball up and he might struggle leading the line. We don't know. We anticipate it'd be amazing, but you know, we're piling a lot of expectancy on him. Then, then he could go down in price because next he's got Liverpool, and obviously people are getting in Martial, so yeah, it's a concern. And look at Salah as well. If Salah doesn't impress. He's had a really bad run. People are already getting twitchy about getting him in. I know. If, he, if he's dour against. You know, against um, you know, in the game week one against the Leeds, then well, he could go down in price because everyone's yeah. going to be moving to Fernandez. Yeah. And already, I'm seeing a lot of people going, "Oh, I'm moving Salah to Fernandez," and I, I'm not not really planning to do that. But I'm I'm having to think about it because I've got a worry that we're going to be pushed into it because Salah could be going down in price before game week two. It's it's the same with um with with the Bamiyo and thinking about Sterling getting Sterling in and the Man City players because I think everyone's got earmarked a Bamiyang to Sterling or De Bruyne for that game week three uh, or four yeah. game you get Leicester I think in game week three and and Leeds in four uh, so it seems sensible because Arsenal's fixtures turn a bit after after game week two but you know if a Bamiyang starts a season with three or four goals against Fulham and West Ham and Salah is not doing that then suddenly you're you're You've got a form v fixtures type decision to make. Mm. It's going to be really and interesting the first few weeks. If we we could get it very. I mean, late riser must be rubbing his hands because it's perfect for his strategy. Whereas we're all like, oh, we might have to do that strategy, and we're not that comfortable yeah. with it. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So it's a, and and I think in all likelihood, you know, the winner of FBL will be someone who does that really well. I think. Yeah. And but it's just... it's one it's one of the main reasons why I really want to make sure my defence is settled. Mm. So. You know, I've got a, I've got already got a couple of risks in there that I'm thinking I don't want to make any defensive transfers because if I'm if I'm thinking about these premium midfielders and strikers and things and I'm already sort of you know connecting the dots of who I'm going to take out and who I'm going to bring in and thinking about being flexible in switching them around I don't want to have to be taking out Vinagri who's gone off to Porto or you know Gabriel of Arsenal because he's not playing or 
you know, there's there's risk, isn't there? With yeah. or, or Ferguson, you don't know when his injury for for Palace, and when his injury is going to heal. Mitchell could be out of the team. You know, suddenly you could be ending with you're starting with two or three defenders, not even starting the season. Yeah, I mean, you're worrying me because you've just named loads of my play. You probably made my back five there. Um, mine as well. That's that's the why it, it <laughs> is know. a concern. I mean, that's the trouble. We want to have a settled back defence, but we also want to put money in midfield, and we also want Werner yeah. and maybe another. You can't have it all. You can't do all those things. Um, and it's interesting. I listened to the scout cast the other night, which got a bit angsty with, with Joe. And, you know, it, it, he can't do everything that he wants to do. And he had a strategy, but I guess when he looked at it, he, he had to end up with cheaper strikers because he just hasn't, he didn't have to yeah. do everything. And he made that point, and it's fair enough. It is it's difficult, so difficult. Yeah. Anyway, should we look at what I've learned from this? Because obviously I've, I've now got to get my captains right. So this probably is like, most people will go, yeah, of course we look ahead to future game weeks and look at who we're going to captain. I haven't done this for for ages and ages. And, and do you do that? Do you plan ahead with your captains? Yeah. You do? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, that's, what, that's why it's always important, I think, to have at least two strong captain options you know, that you would do, you'd be happy to kind of captain each week. So it's, it's why I, I've, I've always, you always, it's why I, I find the strategy of, so say you take Salah out, Mm. And it's something that I, I did think about uh, briefly. You know, I thought oh, I could take Salah out, get in Havertz and and um, you you were Oddle wavering Rashford, yeah, something like that. But then actually, then I'm just down to Bamiyang as the premium option. Mm. And do I feel comfortable captaining Rashford or or Havertz or someone like that? I mean, you know, if worse comes to worse, if if Liverpool have got the worst game, City away, you could still make a case for captaining Salah in that game if if you had to. You know, if you had no other options, you wouldn't. You know. You, but, Maybe, but away from home, he, he you know four goals last season. Well, if it yeah. say, okay, say it was um, say it was uh, Callum Wilson at home to Fulham or Salah away mm. to City. Mm. You know, you've got a choice. You've got a choice to make. Whereas if you take that out and you only have the one option, it's you know it, it's 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 a bit trickier. So I, I like to have two. So I, that's why I like Salah and Aubameyang because I think about I I do think Aubameyang is going to be up there. I mean, it's not, it's not that great punditry on my part, but he's going to be up there with the top point scores, if not the top. Amazing insight. That's why people listen to this, you see, for that kind of Bamiyang information. is good striker. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean... The, no, he's a midfielder, you mean. Yeah, yeah the, well, exactly. The good midfielder who, who could be, who could be even play striker. We don't know how it's going gonna, it's gonna to start. But I mean, that positional reclassification is just, it just screams so many points. Um, mm to me uh and you know he's 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 imminent to sign a new contract i think arsenal transfer business has been good i think arteta's got them playing good system there's there's loads of factors why he i mean you know he's got he's been up there playing you know for emery who hasn't been able to really get the team firing and i think arteta's going to get a lot more out of them so you know he he could even be he could even be a season keeper that you even with the rough fixtures you keep it if you well this this is is it. it I yeah. mean, we, we're talking Sullivan or Bowie up, but in three or four weeks, we'll be on this show and we might not have either of them. Yeah. And that yeah. might be the right thing to do. But the, I mean, the, the worrying thing for me is that Aubameyang starts off strongly, gets two or three goals against uh, Fulham uh, and West Ham, yeah. and then people flock to take him out. And you're taking out an in-form, out-of-position, potentially, mm-hmm. midfielder you know, even with tough games and he carries on scoring, his price keeps going up suddenly, because this is the other thing, when you're, when you're taking these players out, you know, if you've got money invested in them, it's a lot harder to get them back in yeah. if your player, if you want, if you want to get rid. So that's, that's, I think that's probably one of the major drawbacks of that strategy. Constantly having to use transfers, the rest of your team can suffer a bit 
as a result and you have to pay more because you're paying back more money than you yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna watch to see what late riser does we're going to be studying managers and he's one of them we're going to be looking at mm. for sure through the course of this show and, and it's interesting as well because going back to josh's lecture i call it that and it, when he when it came to transfers he was saying our decision making should be less about getting players in who have scored well that we don't have but more about getting rid of the players in our team that aren't scoring well mm. and that's that struck a chord with me because yeah, had that's, i that's done that good. i wouldn't have held on to sterling uh, and I, 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 the way my mind works in terms of assessing transfers is, who haven't I got that I need? I never look at my team and go, right, he needs to go. Who should I get? It's always the person coming in who I think about first, mm. which is the wrong way, according to Josh's modelling. So yeah, really interesting was, stuff. Yeah, it was, it was one of my, my things. I think I had it on the, on the screen last week. Is this whole fixtures be form type thing. Mm. And I think fixtures breeds form as as we know you know but i i have been burnt i won't go into it again but i have been burnt by taking out players in form because i'm looking for a more shiny potential option mm. so if Yang starts strongly in those first two games i'm going to be very reluctant to sell him even though the fixtures do turn a little bit uh and that could be that could be a key move one way or the other yeah there's going to be lots of crossroads i mean mm. but anyway going back to the captains what i did as a result of realising just how bad I was at this last season, <laughs> I started looking ahead. And and it sounds obvious, but I can't remember the last time I did it. And I, whether that's just arrogance, that I was like, oh, I, you know, I've got Sterling and Salah in my team. And obviously I, last season, I'll be fine, which is probably what I did think last week, last season. I had a couple of players I thought, I'll just captain them every week. And, it, and perhaps I was so wrapped up in that idea that I didn't really consider what other players I could look at and 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 their fixtures but i started looking at all the game and i looked till about 10 game weeks forward um we're looking at the first five here and obviously you look at this and you go well salah versus leeds or Birmingham, fulham Werner, brighton are probably going to be the three most popular captains i would have said so you've got to have well obviously we're going to have one of those players some will have all three game week two or Birmingham, west ham fernandez palace and martial palace probably are the next best option yep. after a bombing, if not the better option. And that's why choosing the Man United option is going to be really, really pretty important. Yep. Look at game week three, though. I, I mean, know. that's tricky. Would you go Salah at home to Arsenal? Well, you can't if you sell him for, for Fernandes. Um, would you go Werner against West Brom away? Maybe. But, you know, will we know enough about Werner and what he's like away from home by then? Maybe. De Bruyne. Everyone's going to get De Bruyne in game week three. But are we going to put the armband on him at home to Leicester? He's brilliant at home. And I presumably, if you're going to take or bomb me out for De Bruyne, you will captain him. Is is that what you would do? I, th- I think like like Ludwig says in the, in the chat, I mean, KDB with pens. I mean, yeah. that is that is something he didn't have at the start of last season that he's got now. I mean, I, I, I you know, I think he was he was 9.5 when he started last season. Mm. He's up to 11.5 now. Uh, he's with the pens, though. That is... I mean, is he still going to be on them when Aguero's back? Probably. Is Aguero going to play more than 60 minutes a match? You don't really know. I mean, I think in a straight toss-up now between KDB and Sterling, I think it's it's KDB I go for. Currently. Yeah, for home fixtures, I'm going KDB. Whether or not I'll have the balls to swap them out when I... Because looking ahead, there were some good away fixtures for City where you would captain a City player. 
And I think Sterling's a better option in the away games because the stats prove it. If you look at it, you look at De Bruyne at home, he's, he's incredible. Oh, that's got, that's got trouble Sterling. written all over it. <laughs> well, yeah, but we'll, I, I want to see if Late Riser does that. Does, is he going to swap his City assets? Because that'll be interesting because there's a clear divide. If you compare De Bruyne's home stats and Sterling's away stats, they're both really strong and the flip as well. De Bruyne's just not effective away from home anywhere near as effective mm. um so that's going to be an interesting one i'm i'm considering it so i've planned ahead and gone right well i want to boy and a captain here but then in three weeks later i want sterling and it's possible i could if i've got no other transfers to make but i've highlighted Werner there in game week four and game week five and i didn't have Werner in my team until this week and it's only when i started looking at captains that i thought i'm gonna to have to get him because not only am i taking a risk no not having him if you fires at Brighton and he's going to go up in price and he's going oh, to go beyond he's, he's me. Not, I mean, I'd, I'd be picking the, the City boys in that game. Would you? What, for game week yeah. four? What, which one's yeah. that? Game week four? You back City at Leeds, would you? Yeah. Over Werner at home to Palace? Yeah, I think so. Would you? Yeah, newly promoted team. I mean, one of the things that, that was really interesting in the in the, the captain article today, uh, and we, we're going to talk because I think the big, the big captain decision this week is a Bamiyan v Salah, but the way Leeds play might mm. set themselves up quite well to be taken advantage of particularly from the wings so mm. sterling i think in that game is it could could be could be gold and i think salah in the first game could could do really well as well well that's interesting well, we we're going to look at this week's captain in the moment but so you wouldn't back Werner there so you know Werner starts well at home to palace and then the next game week at home to southampton i think he's going to be a popular and look at his ownership yeah. he's 42 percent at the moment isn't he 45 I mean, there's, you know, it's it's hard, it's hard to, because I mean, you know, if, if Leeds start the season strong, I mean, you know, they're the best defensive record in the championship last season. Mm. If they start this season looking like a kind of top 10 team and they're, and they're at home and City don't start that strong because they're still on their holidays or whatever, then it can, it can change it. But I mean, City playing a newly promoted team, to me, screams they should be the ones we target. Even away from home. Because that's the difficulty. Because I, so. I think, as I said, you're going to have De Bruyne captain maybe game week three. And then you're taking De Bruyne into game week four for Leeds away. Mm. And look at his look at his away data. It's not great. It really isn't great. So I don't think that's a gimme that you go De Bruyne. That no, no, we'll it's see not. But I mean, there. yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends on how Werner starts. I mean, like you say, the, 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 risk, the risk with Werner and the risk with all the Chelsea players and why I'm not really factoring them into my captaincy decisions is because they've got so many options now you just don't know how many minutes they're gonna they're gonna really get and I think Werner is is at risk from Abraham I don't think Lampard is suddenly gonna say all the players that got you know got them into the top four last season Mount and and um, Abraham uh, and and players like that uh, he's he's not suddenly gonna say okay well you you know you're not gonna play anymore he's gonna have to balance the new arrivals and the and the old or the old young, the old people. guard, yeah, the old yeah. guard. But are they old guard? I mean, they're all like twenties, yeah, but yeah. yeah. But you know, it's it's, it's going to be tricky for him. And I think Werner, he he has signed players with some versatility as well. So I don't think Werner is going to be leading the line every game. And then suddenly, if you're if you're paying that much money for a for Werner who's out on the wing with with Abraham mm. up front versus one of the City players who you know probably what you're going to get a bit more, then I think it's I still think they're the ones to go for. Chelsea, yeah, I mean, Chelsea are going to be tricky this season, I think. Oh, yeah. And by then, we might be considering switching to Havertz anyway. You know, mm. you don't know. So, I mean, but the key is it's not about necessarily who you're going to captain. It's also with an ownership of 45%, and it could be over 50 by the time we get to game week four. If you don't have Werner, even if you are captain De Bruyne, you want to have Werner to make sure you're not getting absolutely destroyed if, if 
50 so, you, so you're, going so you're worried about it. You, 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 you're consciously aware of ownership and you, you will make transfers and decisions based on ownership. Not so much transfers, but I want to make sure I'm looking ahead and going, right, who's going to be the popular captains and making sure I do all I can to cover them, if, even if I'm not going to captain them, which is why I'm looking at game week two and going, OK, I've got a Aubameyang versus West Ham. But if I get if I get Fernandez in, I'm also covering 50% of anyone's return who captains Fernandez, right? Whereas if I don't get Fernandez in at all, I know Fernandez is going to be captained by everyone who gets him mm. in, I reckon. By a lot, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people will go, my transfer is Salah to Fernandez, I'm going to captain him against Palace. So a lot of people are going to do that. If I don't have him, I'm exposing myself to some risk there. Um, I mean, say say Werner gets one goal in the next three games and you're going into game week four, uh, and you know, City's looking okay, and Werner's ownership sinks a bit, and, and things like that. But he's still high, still highly owned. But you don't think he's the best option, really, for that week. You still, you'd still captain the best option. We, yeah, yeah, I'm not. Option, right? No, yeah. but I, I, it's about owning. Ver- I know, come game week four and five, if Werner delivers in the next couple, in the first two game weeks, he's going to be a highly owned captain mm. in four and five. So if I don't have him at all. I'm massively exposing myself to that, aren't I, really? I, I'm, I'm going to lose rank because if Werner delivers at home to Palace and at home to Southampton, which he probably will get something in those games, um, I'm going to be falling down the ranks, regardless yeah. of who I've captained. I use this to influence my lineup now because I, need, I knew I needed to get Werner in as a result of that. And mm. if you look, I mean, every lineup I've seen has got Werner in. So I think I was taking unnecessary risk. and But I was, I still was wavering, but I think I'm going to have to just to just to look after those game week four and five captaincies, which I think are going to arrive. So, you know, I try not to think about ownership that much throughout a season, try and base decisions on who I think are going to get points and not worry too much. But I think game week one is is it is actually more important to think about it. Um, I mean, I know if you if you go against the grain, go against a template, you can get off to an amazing start. But really, you do want to avoid firstly having to play that early wild card to, to bring in players who you maybe should have started with at the beginning um, but also the price rises just uh, can cripple you so quickly if you don't you know so say say you haven't got Werner and you haven't got any plan for a Man United player and all that you know you wait a few weeks suddenly their prices are so high that it's going to be so hard for you to get them get them in even at that stage uh, so I think I think if you're going to be boring at any point in a season I actually think game week one it's probably the best time. To be I know, playing. I know, and that, and when you look at my team later on, I, I don't like it because it is so template. But mm. I, I, I think if I don't do that, I will regret it. And I think you're absolutely right. If you're going to be template, do it now. And then when there's obviously much more variables, to oh, I hate, I hate that we're form. advocating that. I hate. I know, that we're but, advocating that, but I know. It's... I. This is why I'm, I'm being taught. I'm torturing myself, and this is why I think this preseason is the worst because I know. My head is saying, just be template. Just get players like Werner. Just get Salah and Aubameyang. You know, go cheap at the back. That's the template. And I don't want to do it, but I know it's the best thing to do. My, well, my head is I mean, telling me to do that. There's, there's some players on, on the kind of template teams that I'm seeing. And I'm thinking, really? Like Son, he's in so many teams. And yeah, I'm he's not, in mine. Yeah, I'm not entirely convinced that he's going to no, have a great start to the season. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, no. Maximan is another one, seeing him in loads of teams. Um, double Southampton defence, you know, McCarthy and Walker-Peters, I'm seeing that quite a lot. Yeah. Mitrovic in every team. I mean, these kind of players, I've tried to be a, maybe differentiate, 
differentiate my team a bit more. But the core players, Aubameyang, Salah, Werner, I just I can't make a case for not for not a good enough case for not starting with them. Just just because their ownership's so high, they've all got good games and they've all got potential to be really difficult to get in if you decide you want them. Yeah, but I, this is why I want to get this game week out of the way. Exactly. So, so I yeah. can not look at this team again and start thinking differently about who I would pick because I know I have to, unfortunately, use the, I have to be a bit boring this week because yeah. I think it's the right thing to do. And if I don't, I'm going to regret it. And I look back at my game week one side last season, it was pretty template, to be fair, and I got a good start. So I think I've got to take that lesson and accept it um and it's exactly as you say if you're going to be boring in any game week this is the I one to so. do it it's plenty and, of time to differentiate yeah we're, we're not going to stick like we're, we're, that's not that doesn't come <laughs> natural to us to be like no, that so nothing. and that's why i'm going through quite a lot of turmoil at the moment to deal with it um let's look at the game week one captains um so yep. it's salah or bomiang or mané in your case i know you've got mané in there um and you know the, the stats well, i did i did have mané for a oh bit. you changed it You've gone back to Salah again already. I, right. Yeah, I mean, I wrote the, I wrote, the, I had, I had Manny in my team. I thought, right, um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna at least try and be a bit clever here. I don't think Salah's looking all that sharp. Poor preseason. Uh, I think Mane is the better player in a yeah. lot of ways. I mean, Salah, from a fantasy perspective, is is outrageous. But I think Mane is a, a generally better, better player. Um, and the trouble is, is that, and, and someone said in, in a WhatsApp group I mean earlier, is that I kind of feel like Mane has hit his peak of what he's going to do, whereas Salah had a poor season last year, and yet was still so close to being the top point scorer. And when you look at their stats post-lockdown, it, on, it is the grimmest reading you've ever seen. I mean, the key stat that matters is Mane did score more goals than Salah so we've got four mm. goals I think to, to Salah's three when you look at the underlying stats I mean Salah's having double the penalty area touches double the shots on target the same shot accuracy it's like he he could just get his stats compared to anyone else in the league are just like phenomenal and often it is because he makes the wrong decision you know when he could pass it he shoots when he is through and he, you know it may, you know some of them is beefed up by kind of relatively easy saves for the goalkeepers but when you look at them side by side, and if, if Mane was a bit cheaper, so if Mane was 11 or 11.5, I think it would be easier to argue because yeah. you can say, well, I can do a bit of with that cash. I could upgrade Mitrovic to Antonio or, you know, do something to strengthen. When they're exactly the same price, I, I just don't think Mane is, can can match what Salah's capable of, personally. So I've, I've unfortunately, I've switched back to Salah. I've got a theory that anyone's got access to Optidata has to will always pick Salah because yeah. if you look at stats you can't build an argument no you've got to you've got to be brave enough to go I don't believe the data that data's yeah and because the thing is the the narrative is Salah is wasteful but mm. we look at the data here and Salah's this is Salah at home his shot accuracy and goal conversion is stronger than Aubameyang's stats away Aubameyang has a goal conversion of 19.1. Salah has 21.1. So he's converting more of his shots into goals. And Salah's you know, shot accuracy, 50% on target, compared to Aubameyang away, 42%. So actually, Salah's accuracy is really good and his conversion is really good. So he doesn't... I mean, at home, he's different to away. Away, his numbers do drop off. But 
And home matches is, is extraordinary. So he doesn't yeah. waste chances. He has a lot of shots, but he, you know, 50% of them hit the target. Which is what you want, which is exactly what you want from a, from a premium midfielder who, who, you're, who you're likely to hand the captain to. I mean, stats-wise, it's, it's just ideal, isn't it, in a, in a home game against a newly promoted team? I mean, the, I mean, on the, on the fantasy scout captain poll, Aubameyang is top by yeah, a I considerable margin. Yeah, which I was surprised at. I mean, I do, I do think, I do think Fulham, I I don't think Fulham are going to do very well this season. Uh, I I do. I wonder how they're going to score. You know, they're going to be so reliant on Mitrovic to get their goals, and that kind of reliance on Mitrovic probably is is um is a bit is a, must be a bit worrying for the fans, but. I don't think they're going to be a team that gets turned over regularly. You know, not they're not going to be like a Norwich or 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 something like that. I think they've the way Parker's got them playing is he's got them well organised, well drilled. I think you know they're at home in the first game. They're going to want to get off to a good start. I don't think they're going to cause too many problems for Arsenal attacking. But I think defensively, they could frustrate them for long periods. I don't think Aubameyang is going to get a huge haul in that. Whereas when I look at those stats that you've got on the screen for Salah, and I think about the way Leeds play and all the excitement there is mm. about them back in the Premier League and, you know, this great game. And I know they've got a good defensive record in the championship, but I, I just think it could play quite nicely into Liverpool's hands and it, and they could actually get, get brought down to earth a little bit. I wouldn't yeah, that, be surprised if, if Liverpool won that game comfortably. That's, that's the script. I mean, I, I just don't think Arsenal are going to thrash teams this season I don't think I don't look at the way Arteta plays yeah. of Arsenal and goes they're going to win 4-5-0 Liverpool could and that's the, that's the thing it's like the, I think the yeah. ceiling for Salah is much higher than the ceiling for Aubameyang it could be that Salah blanks and Aubameyang scores and gets bonus like that could definitely happen right yeah but equally I think if there's a hat trick on the cards it's more likely to go to Salah than it is to Aubameyang all right if you've been watching Salah recently you go there's no chance he's playing really badly but mm. I just don't think you can rule it out. I just think he's he's too dangerous to to write off like that, and the data says otherwise, doesn't it? For sure. So I'm going to go Salah. It sounds like you are too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm Liverpool. Liverpool at home to Leeds is is always been. I mean, it's it, it's the main reason why when I even when I toyed with the idea of taking Salah out, I, I didn't really want to do it because I, I do I do genuinely think Liverpool, either Mane or Salah is is the best captain this this week. And I think looking at the stats, I think it just has to be it has to be Salah, unfortunately. Which is interesting because already we're going against the general consensus, which is massively in favour of of Aubameyang. Would uh, it be like that though? It won't. I mean, yeah. Salah would be the most captain. Yeah, sure. within well, I mean, within our kind of community, yeah. um, I, Salah would be the most. Yeah, definitely the highest, the most captain player, definitely. And I, I asked Savert, who last season was the most successful FPL manager. Yeah, for captaincies in the world. And he said 100% Salah. There you go. Well, don't listen to and, us. And, and he's, got, <laughs> I put, you know, he's got all bombing and he's, he's 100% Salah. So yeah. if you're going to yeah. go with someone who knows what they're doing with captains, you go with Salah. But, he, he, you know, I think he blanked with his captains seven times. Yeah. So 31 returns. Seven in 30 hours. Last Mark season. One. That's ridiculous, yeah. I think. I, and... But yeah, you know, there's no guarantee this season. You probably, you know, you probably get it wrong. But it, it, it is it's interesting that he's so convinced. I mean, I I would say I'm ninety percent with Salah at the moment. There's a chance I could talk myself out of it, but I, I don't see it happening. And yeah. I just think it's home fixture, and like you say, Bielsa could could you know could run a few risks there. He could go and try and take him on a bit. 
I think, it's going to be really interesting. I think mm. they're going to. I think he's, from what I know about him, he's very confident in his own, you know, sort of prowess as a manager. And yeah. I think having an away game against the champions in the first week, I think they're all going to be so eager to prove themselves that, I mean, this is purely speculation. I mean, there's no actual, you know, knowledge or <laughs> stats here. It's purely my own thing, but it could be the complete opposite. He could, you know, want to get off to a good start, show that they belong in the league and set them up to defend. But I, I just think the way they play lends themselves quite well to being um, pressured high by by Liverpool. And I think Liverpool are going to have a lot of chances in that game. Do you, it do is, you th- be an interesting game. Do you think that the Liverpool we saw in lockdown wasn't the real Liverpool and they really had taken their foot off the gas. And do you think instantly, new season, new start, we're going to see a bit, bit more I, of that? I don't know. I mean, that, that is the concern. I mean, you, you know, I, I think, I can't remember if I said it to you last week on the Scoutcast, but the worry with Liverpool is the whole game is built around intensity mm. and high press and win the ball back as soon as you lose and that kind of thing. And you think, you know, they the, the Champions League final loss to, to Madrid, I think, spurred them on. He did the opposite of what he did to Spurs who got, you know, almost broke them. Uh, whereas, you know, it kind of made them even more intense, even more passionate, even more want to, you know, prove that they, they could win the, the league. Now they've done it. Is that same intensity and drive there? I, if they I, lose 10%, 15% of that, like they did post lockdown, they struggle more. I, I know what you're saying, but I, I think in a way, because we've got two strong teams in City and and Liverpool, and of course Chelsea will probably challenge and maybe United, but I think City know they can't drop points and Liverpool know they can't drop points. So I don't think at the moment there's a scenario where either of those teams go into a game and go, OK, we were 1-0 down, we've equalised with 10 minutes to go, let's take the draw. They're going to be going, win, win, win. We've got to win every game. Mm. And that hasn't been the case going back seasons. You know, you go five, six years ago, even you know the league leaders would go up. Oh, we'll take this away from home on a Monday night. You know we'll take a one-all draw. Whereas I just think Liverpool and City know that the other could win every game, and so they've just got to go for it. And I think we'll see that straight away from Liverpool this from the off. So some great points on the on the chat. So Twisted mm. Salter Gator. Oh yeah, Twisted. Remember him. Twisted old. Salter Gator yeah. and uh, Noka as well. Both say that they think Liverpool were affected more than other teams, perhaps by empty stadiums. Yeah. So when they've got the intensity that comes from the fans making noise and yeah. you know Klopp, you know, trying to get everyone up and that, you know, you've seen it. He he tries to use them as much as possible. Not having that, I think, does perhaps make them a bit less intense. And like I say, all these things add up. You know, even if it's just one two percent of all these different factors, perhaps over a season that could mean less goals, less points, less. We've got to be careful because we talked about. We talk about confirmation mm-hmm. bias and what we're doing here is building up a narrative and then we're going to immediately be looking for that against Leeds and we're going, oh, and it's half-time, it's nil-nil and they haven't looked that good. And you know, if they win 1-0 and Mane scores, we'll be like, well, we're selling Salah because Liverpool just don't, they lack that intensity. But we've got to be careful not to build that up I know, too much. Yeah. So, but I, think, I think that's why this Leeds game, I think it, it, it's, it's the standout game of, of the weekend. I think it's such, a, such an interesting game from you know as a football fan just to know how Leeds are going to set up what they're going to try and do from that game what is going to happen with Liverpool how intense because I mean in my mind it's going to be a really really intense game but then it, it is difficult when there's no fans around mm. to, to mm. have that intensity yeah I, I, I yes it's it is fascinating I mean you know if if after I mean you know the last season we saw it with Liverpool's defence and we talked about it last week was that they weren't keeping clean sheets early on and I kept, I probably, I kept on to my Liverpool defenders for too long when they weren't keeping clean sheets. You 
got rid of them just as they were starting to look more solid. So you were you got rid of them at the wrong Brilliant time. Brilliant timing, yeah. Yeah. So we both, yeah, we both made kind of errors there. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think again, it would be interesting to know, you know, if they don't start strongly, how long do you give them before you kind of say, well, they're surely they're going to turn this round, uh, or or do you bin them off and, and go for, I mean, City, you know, desperate in theory to reclaim the league, Chelsea, all their signings, yeah. United, uh, you know, pushing to to carry on where, where they left off last season. It's they haven't got long to kind of show that they're still want want it. Yeah, and and really, all Liverpool should be thinking about is convincing FPL managers. Forget the title. Oh, yeah, just obviously. just put on a show for us, so we know yeah, that you're going to be all right. <laughs> um, should we look at a team that did do well after lockdown, Man United? Because I said earlier about um, the big issue for me and the way my team's going to be structured is about the, the Man United player that I have. So I started looking at United's players in lockdown, and you can see here, um, you know, Fernandez topped the bill, seventy nine points since game week thirty. Martial 78 and and that gives us the problem but of course Martial now a forward he's going to get fewer points he's going to lose the clean sheet point he's going to lose the extra point for a goal might get a bit more bonus should get more BPS and might be in there for bonus but that worries me a bit because I, at the moment I, I was fully convinced to go without Bruno because of expected goals and we'll look at that in a minute you know his reliance on penalties and set pieces uh, and you see there though interestingly his XG expected goals for non-penalties so this is expected goals from non-penalty situations for Bruno Fernandes for 2.26 and Martial was 3.05 so in the lockdown period there wasn't a massive difference and yet the narrative is Bruno's going to drop off because you know United got 14 penalties Premier League record right and they got 12 the season before that is that going to continue I know Joe on the scout course was, was kind of going ridiculous how can you not consider Fernandes but you're not are you you're going Martial yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm locked. T- to be fair, I, I think Fernandez is probably my third choice. I, I'd is go he? for, I'd go for Rashford um, over him. I know he's lost the penalties, but still, I think five, five were penalties, so still twelve goals. No, you got, you got um, six, you got six penalties, eleven six goals penalties. in total. So, so eleven goals yeah, in the league, from, which, yeah. which is, which is good. Uh, yeah, I mean, one, one million in it. I, I think it's, it's the reclassification though that, that really draws me towards Rashford uh, particularly because when you think about I know I know Martial's the, the lone forward but there is a mm. lot of swinging around in terms of the, the front line is so fluid in terms of you know Greenwood um, yeah, Greenwood comes in up front for a bit and then swaps back like the fact they're all strikers kind of by trade who are then mm. playing on the wing means they can switch around it's that's why it's so effective because it's so difficult to to, to mark uh, Fernandez is that kind of linchpin in the middle with all the creativity pulling all the strings but i just think in terms of pure goal getting ability it's still that front three that i i'd want which might not be the right decision i mean he you know you can think he's like a kind of the de bruyne of of man united who's going to keep ticking away but i mean it's a it's a big it's a big price now 10.5 it's it's premium price it's not an eight million midfielder anymore do you, do you th- what, what do you think? Do you think he's gonna he's gonna be up there? This is it. This is Top why I'm I'm, I'm going to be showing you two teams because I can't decide yet. I, I mean, like I'm using statistical models. Every model favours Fernandez as the best option, right? Um, they all do. Rate my team FPL review. They all they all favour Fernandez by quite a margin. Rashford is up there. Rashford is second in those models. But I was I was set on Martial because of his lockdown form, seventy eight points. 
Um, and also, you know, we look at the look further at the expected goals, and this is like expected goal involvement, which is expected goals and expected assists from open play. Martial six point four eight, and this is since Fernandez arrived. So since game week twenty five, Martial was ranked fifth overall in the league for expected goals from open play, expected goal involvement from open play. Bruno Fernandez down on four point zero nine. And 4.4 of his expected goal involvements are all from penalties or set plays. So he's relied on free kicks, corners and penalties to get his points. Um, But why would that stop? And that was Joe's point. We can't presume that they're not going to get another 14 penalties, can we? So so if his expected goals outside of set pieces is three, that means he wasn't, didn't convert, didn't convert them from open play. No, he's expected go- he's expected goals from open play. Goal involvement is four point zero. So he was expected to assist and score four point zero goals since yeah. he arrived, right? Yeah. And but he's he's more than doubled that in terms of taking corners, taking penalties. He he was expected to be involved in four point four goals. So yeah. you can see he's relying on set pieces and penalties for more than fifty percent of his goal involvement. Um. But while that's worrying and while that might push us towards looking at Rashford and Martial, why would that stop? Um, mm. Why would yeah. United, who who got 12 penalties the season before last, 14 last, and they've got you know fast players up front and their counter, which is why they obviously, presumably why they win a lot of penalties. Um, why would they not do it again? And if they do, I mean, imagine they get 14 penalties again. Bruno's going to get 20, 22 goals, 23 yeah. maybe. Yeah. Which would be ridiculous. So it's a worry. I don't, I've gone I mean, he, from Martial he is, to him he is, again. He is a concern. I mean, the thing is, you can't have them all. And if you go for Fernandez and don't have Martial, you're going to be worried about Martial. Uh, I think, you know, Rashford is flying. He's definitely the one that's flying under the radar for me. I think most people are going for either Martial or, or, or Fernandez or looking at a way to get them in and not really considering Rashford when I, I think that's... I, I, as I said, I, I, I still think he's he's going to be great value this season. You know, if you've got someone like Son, you only need to leave 0.5 in the bank to do an upgrade of Son to, to Rashford. Then I think that's a very sensible strategy. But I mean, I really like Martial. I mean, Martial to me is is still the standout just because of his form mm. post lockdown. And we yeah. haven't had that big a break. And I think, you know, I think one of the things we were talking about on the Scoutcast with Joe was, uh, you know, he was saying you can't really, you can't use, um, you know, last season to think about decisions for this season. And I actually, completely disagree with that I think if we're ever going to think about last season it should be now because you know it's the no fans again it's a quick turnaround um, since last season we kind of know broadly a lot about how teams set up and I mean a lot of teams haven't made that many signings as well I mean Chelsea are the outlier and and probably Newcastle Mm -hmm. they're going to have completely different teams but a lot of teams are going to be setting up in in similar ways whereas you know in the past we might have seen you know some big signings going to more clubs uh, so I think actually using the end of you know post lockdown form to decide on decisions this this year, particularly at the start, is is sensible. And Martial to me, I mean, if you're going to pick, well, Martial and Fernandez post lockdown, remarkable. I mean, Martial yeah, just looked looked like a man possessed at times. <laughs> yeah, and Solskjaer speaking warmly of him. He's speaking warmly of the manager. They're definitely you know he's getting something from working with with Solskjaer. Apparently, Solskjaer rang him up early on and said, you want your number nine shirt back? Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was, you know, a nice touch. And so that everything's positive around Martial. I get it, right? But Bruno could be a phenomenal again. And 
he's going to be the highest owned United player, definitely. Mm. So, you know, he's going to be captain game week two. And I worry about it. And I worry if I don't own him, it's going to, it could really hurt me. So I haven't decided yet. So, so, so can you, so you, but can you get a Bamiang, Salah, Werner, and Fernandez in a team that doesn't? Yeah, I'll show, terrible. I'll show you, I'll show you in a bit. Well, well, I don't, I don't know if it doesn't look terrible. I, <laughs> to, to me, it doesn't. I don't like the defense. The defense is awful, and I, I wanted Robertson, and I can't get Robertson in that team. So I'll show you the teams in a minute. Well, well let's look at your team now, first of all, though, um, because you're going Martial for Ings, right? yeah, going week two. And you've made some changes, but Pereira's still changes. there. Pereira's, oh, yeah. so I owe you that fiver. Fair enough. <laughs> the only reason he's in now. I've got, got to claim that fiver. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I talked a lot last week about the, the general structure, sticking with four three three. I can't, I can't, I can't say I'm too happy with it, but I, I do still think the four point five five million defender mark is better value than the than the five five point five midfielder mark, which is why I'm going with with four at the back. Uh, so Ramsdale's still there. Is there anyone listening on the pod? Ramsdale's yeah, still there. Yeah. Alexander Arnold uh, is still there. Obviously, they haven't left. Uh, but then I've, I've swapped Doherty out for for Luca Dean, who you, I love you, this. Like, you like the look of? Lo- yeah. I love it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I mean the, the the issue. I really like what Everton are doing in general. I think you know getting an entirely new midfield of Decore, uh, Allen and, and Rodriguez is, is a masterstroke. Uh, and it's Ancelotti. He knows how to set a team up to defend. Like they, they're going to, they're going to get clean sheets. He's had, he's now had more time to work with them. All these things point to, to good things. Uh, Doherty's a problem because Aurier is still there. Yeah. And because of the number of games that, that Tottenham have in the first few weeks. Yeah. So, and the fact that Doherty only started training, I think yesterday. So, I've heard some signs saying that that Aurier might play that first game. Uh, it's it's a lot of money, six billion, I think, for a defender. You you need to be sure they're going to play every match. And unless Aurier leaves, I'm not convinced that Doherty will play every match. So I'm going to go for Dean, who will. And also, like I said, I don't want to be making defensive transfers. So then we come to our next two defenders who have got early defensive transfers written all over them. Uh, I had uh, Tierney, 5.5. Louise got injured. So I straight away I'm thinking that just ups the chance that Tierney's going to play at centre back yeah. if he plays in the back three. So I don't want to be paying five point five million for a left fullback turned centre back. So let's go for potentially the best centre back in that group, which is the twenty seven million man uh, Gabriel, who I have never seen play football at all, but. I assume <laughs> he's a player. In... He's a he's a ball carrier, good pass of the ball, like Lewis is actually, but a much better defender. He, he's going to yeah. be good. He's going to be strong for them for sure. Yeah, and I mean, the, the the from what I've read about him, you know, it says just that. And Arteta has has been saying a lot about him. I mean, the question is who plays with him. So you've got assuming Tierney plays at, at centre back like he has been for a bit. You've then got um, Saliba yeah. there, and you've got Holding, and you've got Gabriel. So. One of them is going to miss out. Who knows who it's going to be? It'd probably be the one that I pick. But I think Gabriel is going to be long term the the main. Yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. So yeah, he's in. But then the, I mean, the other issue that I've got in the defence is I've still got Vinagri, and you know they've signed a new left back now. But luckily, it wasn't anyone who I think is going to be straight first choice in. You know, you know, he's not a twenty-eight year old for a big money fee. He's a thirty-one year old player who. I think looks like backup 
to Vinegri. And from what I've seen from what Nuno said, he said, you know, deal, any deals off of Vinagri, he's keeping him. He's a special player. I think if, if he does go, it'll be against Nuno's wishes, which could jeopardise his future at Wolves in general. And I don't think the, the owners are going to want that. So he's still in until literally probably the last last minute in which I make a frantic change to Walker Peters, who's safer, but I think less potential if he starts. Yeah, I think you're all right with Vinagra for this week, but that'll be it. Yeah, long time. I mean, you know, Tello, there's, a, there's Tello who's, I think, now being more linked with Man United. Uh, I, oh, the, I, I the Brazilian, yeah, is that the yeah, uh, the, yeah. yeah. He got eight goals, eight goals, I think. Yeah, last season. He, he he would be he'd be great if he signed, but yeah, I, I think for now Vinagre is safe based on from what I've read. Um, then in midfield, I've got Salah, Aubameyang, and Pereira. I won't sell Pereira anymore to you. You know my thoughts on him. Uh, and then Werner and Ings, who's going to be Martial. And then my my change here is I've taken Mitrovic out, Callum. and I was looking for any excuse, any excuse to take Mitrovic out because I don't want him. No, I, I, know, I, I, know. Just, I just don't want him. I just don't I want a Fulham striker. I know he's the talisman. I know I tried to big him up last week, but don't fancy him. So I've gone for Callum Wilson. And I really like what Newcastle have done. This transfer yeah. window. I think bringing in Fraser and Wilson and Jeff Hendrick and uh, their new left back, Lewis. They're really, really good signings. They're decent players, aren't they? They're, they're players yeah. that you would have thought, if you'd have said like a year ago that Newcastle would get those that calibre of player. I mean, Hendrick's I a bit, you know, he's not spectacular, but he does a decent job. And, and and certainly we know Fraser and Wilson from as a combination really well. So, yeah, I mean, Callum Wilson is destined to feature in my team at least once a season. And and yeah, I don't, I'm not going to go with him yet, but I know he's going to be there soon. At some it's, point. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a gamble. I mean, the, the opening fixtures are nice. You know, West Ham, look in disarray already in the oh, season God, has yeah. begun. Uh, yeah. Brighton, they're playing Brighton at home. They're, they're quite strong at home. And then, you know, the fixtures remain quite good. I just think with, with Fraser, St. Maximan and um, Almiron feeding the striker, that that's an, a creative attacking team they've suddenly got out of nowhere. And, you know, why not? I thought I'd just... And the thing is, there's so many players around the 6.5, 6 million mark. I mean, you've got Watkins now signed for Villa at 6 million. Mm. Mitrovic, Rodrigo, you've got um, Antonio, you've got Woods, you've got Mopay. There's an abundance of, of options to, to well, switch th- to. This is why I worry about having Werner and Martial up front. Because mm. you've just named four or five players that you can get in and have an effective 6 million, 6.5 forward line. And yet you're putting your money in Werner yeah. and Martial and then you're going to want Chelsea midfielders. You're going to want perhaps two City midfielders, maybe. And you won't be able to do it because you've got Werner and Martial. who They're not easy to sell once you've got them. So that's no. my worry about going that route. Well, they need to keep delivering. I mean, it's not a problem if Werner and, and Martial are scoring each week. But like I say, if, if you've got two or three weeks of them not delivering, you can have a decision to make. Yeah, but they're, they're, I, mean, he, I mean, I had Rashford um, last season delivering for me okay, but he wasn't keeping up pace with De Bruyne. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously Vardy's an outlier because he he scores 10 weeks in a row and then you can captain him every week. Fine. Once you know he starts, you can start putting the captaincy on him. But captaining forwards this season, are you going to do it often? I mean, that's the thing. You need you need the big midfielders to be your captains. Because yeah, I don't I mean, think you're going to be captain Martial and Werner often, are you? No, and, that, and that's why I think having Salah and Aubameyang they won't always. They probably won't always stay as a seller of Bamiang. They might be switching round to Sterling, De Bruyne, Fernandez, that kind of thing. I think mm. the, the captaincy is probably going to stick with the, the, those those premium options. Uh, yeah, we'll see. 
But that's my worry. I, I I like having cheap forwards, and I look at this season, and already I'm thinking yeah. there's a good there's a good selection there. I can easily make a decent forward line, either playing two or three up front. You know, people like Chris Wood he had a decent season, six five. Wilson, obviously, yeah. Mitchell, if you have to Neketia. You know, there's players there, and if Neketia starts, yeah, yeah. then yeah. I mean, I think, um, thanks to Joe Taylor on the chat who says this is going to be an early wild card team. Yes, yeah, nice. <laughs> You can't say that. I mean, hold on. Let's look at mine. Let's see your, your two teams. Well, this, is, this, is, um, this is the Fernandez team, right? So this is the team I can have and go Fernandez game week two. And it'll be sun out to Fernandez. So there's 1.5 in the bank. I've gone Johnson in goal. Reason for that in a minute. Alexander-Arnold, Justin, Walker-Peters, uh, and Lamptey and Ferguson at the defence, uh, which is really weak. But it has to be weak because I've got Sun, Sam Maximan, your favourite, Salah, Aubameyang, and Suchek in midfield. And then a front three of Mitrovic, Adams and Werner. There are players there I don't like. But it, I think it's a sensible lineup if you're going to get Fernandez, Fernandez in game week two. Um, but I don't like having that weak back four, uh, that weak defence back five either. Because I know that you know, Justin won't hold his place for longer than game week three or four. I don't like having the Savanta defender, really. I've got to have a rotation with him, and that Lamptey's probably best, which means I can't really have McCarthy or, or Ryan. So I've gone Johnston. I don't really like having Johnston. There's, <laughs> there's a lot I don't like about my team, but I look at it and go, it's all right for game week one. And then when you put Fernandez, Fernandez in, and you've got Fernandez, Salah, or Bomiang, that's strong. And, you know, I'm not, you know, even if I get the captaincy wrong out of those three, I'm going to be okay. Whereas if I get Martial up front with Werner, I've got a lot of money up front. You know, and it only takes a couple of those 6.5s. If Wilson starts scoring, Mitrovic starts scoring, Wood starts scoring, I can only have one of those. When actually, if I had three, all three, I'd be able to throw money into midfield mm. and get Havertz, Pulisic. And that's, that's why I'm leaning I... towards this. I hate that team. <laughs> I knew you would. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the reasons you've said. I, I, I don't I, like it, but... Yeah, I, I, I just... You're, you're so reliant on, on those four players because the rest... Well, and, and Trent. Uh, the rest of the team is, is... I mean, Adams... Adams... I just don't get the Adams love. He's... I know he, I know he did quite well post-lockdown, but he gets subbed a lot. Will he always play... Like he's he feels like cover for for Ings, Mitrovic. No, <laughs> no, I don't like him. I mean, I I might go Nikesia in for Mitrovic. I might I mean, take that the defense. Game Mark, that defense is. I just... know. I hate it. Oh, but a lot of people have gone that way. Yeah. Um. A lot of people have gone four point fives. I I originally before fixtures came, I I had Trent and some four point fives. Um. But I want Robert. I want the Robertson Trent double up. But I can't do it if I want to get. Yeah. Fernandez without losing Salah and I don't know if I do I mean it's very like if I go in with this team and Salah doesn't convince against Leeds it's very easy to go right Salah to Fernandez keep Sun and then put some money in the defence so I could do that so it's flexible that's the other thing in favour of this team if you look at the price points that Joe goes on about it, it's pretty good because you've got Sun at 9 million and then you've got two big hitters in midfield so you can go Sun to any Chelsea player You've got one big hitter up front and two cheap strikers, so you can go to to Wood or Wilson quickly because there's 1.5 in the bank, of course. So 
it is really flexible as well. So it's got that in its favour. But I look at it and I hate it. And that... say, say you went for Rashford instead of Fernandez. You could upgrade both Mitrovic and Adams to two 6.5s. You could have yeah, but... Wilson and Antonio. But Rashford... Yeah, but Rashford, 11 goals last season, non-penalty, and he was poor in lockdown, and he's had an injury. So we don't even know. Like We think he was struggling with that back injury in the lockdown period. Then he got the ankle injury against Seville, and he's coming back from that. What, what's he going to be like when he comes back? I don't. We don't even know if he's going to be fit yet. Just, so switch, I don't... just switch Mitrovic and Son to uh, Pereira and Martial. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's look at the other team. This is This is the team that I can do Martial with. And it looks stronger straight away. Look, you know, McCarthy and goal, template. Alexander-Arnold Robertson, I really want those two because I can lock them in. Don't have to think about it for the season. Size at the back, good value. I think the Wolves defence will be good. I know they haven't got full-backs, but I think you know, Nuno's going to get them. He'll recover them. And they've got great fixtures after the first two. So I like that defence. Uh, and I've got Justin and Ferguson there who I don't need to play. I mean, I can play that free every week. Um, if Suchek, if I want to play Suchek. Um, and then I've got Ings up front, who I think will do well at Palace. All right, I've got Adams there, but I can swap him out for somebody else. And I've got Werner to cover because you've got to have Werner. And then the transfer will be Ings to Martial, just like you. So I prefer this team. It's miles better. I I know that, but it doesn't. Allow, the only way I if if the only way I can get Fernandez is Salah out, and I don't like doing Salah out. I might like doing it after the Leeds game and go, oh yeah, Salah was awful. Uh, which a lot of people... If I see Salah being sold, I might do it because, well, I'm going to lose value on him and I want Fernandez. So I might go with this and do that, but I don't want to be forced into that to get Fernandez. Mm. I've got another, what, 24 hours to make up my mind. If I, I was You're fully really committed. panicking about I am. Fernandez, I don't like. You? Yeah, wow. I don't like it. I don't you like it at him all. last week. I, well, I watched the scout cast and, and, you know, Joe makes a very good case. It's like, why should we dismiss the fact that they're going to get you know, if they get 14 penalties, he's going to get 20, 25 goals because he's going to get six or seven open plays. He's going to get three or, five mil three or four free kicks. He's not. I love that comment. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. But it scares the life out of me. And the ownership will be high and he'll be captained. And yeah, so I'm really in turmoil. I've told you I hate it at the moment. Don't like mm. it. I just want to get, I want to commit, get this game week out of the way and get running, right? Because... I, you know, hopefully I can make some good calls along the way to make it up. But I don't know what to I mean, do. The, this one. The, 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 I mean, you know, I don't think you should completely discredit the team that you had on last week, which had, had three point five in the bank and the ability to go to any any of the Man United players you liked, and it had the cheap strike force. Yeah, I like, I like that team. I don't worry, I've banked that one as well. I mean, I've got I've got <laughs> lots to go through. Um, oh, I don't know. It's just I'm running out of time. I've got to commit and and. Yeah. I wish, I, like, when you said last week that you hadn't touched your team, I really envied you. I, you know, I, I, at the end of the, the show, I was like, oh, I wish I was like that. I've, and I was resigned to another two hours of team. Yeah, every time you'll envy me, Mark, on fantasy football. Well, we'll see. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm not enjoying this at all because I'm really torn about the Man United. And I do think it's a key decision. People can say, oh, well, as long as you're flexible, if you get it wrong, you can adapt. But... It could go very wrong. If I don't yeah. get Fernandez and Fernandez does well against Palace and he's heavily captained and he starts going up in value, yeah. I can't get him in. I'm going to have to take a hit to get him in. Well, you'd, right. lose, you'd, have, to, you'd have to lose Salah, wouldn't you? He's, yeah, he's just, I'd, well, I'd have to, And yeah. you don't want to do that. Yeah. No, not really. Well, I might do if, if Salah disappoints, but even then I'm not comfortable with it. It's, it's very, very tough. I, I've... 
I, I admire a lot. I see a lot of people who are on Twitter going, oh, locked in, done. I'm like, really? Is it? Is it done? We haven't even got the team news from tomorrow yet. So, you know, there's all kinds of variables to come. Like, um, like, like, like Andy says, uh, mm. don't forget that Bamiyan's got that West Ham at home fixture, can we too? Mm. So, yeah, I can have him as captain. Yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. So f- does that mean that Fernandez isn't isn't so? I mean, you know, if you're going to captain Abame anyway, is Fernandez yeah. that important to cover for Gomi too? And Andy says, you know, maybe we don't need any United at all, and I've considered that too. I, I mean, when he said that on Tuesday, you don't I, buy it, do you? I was like, 2020 is definitely something gone wrong this year. If Andy's saying, "Where's his, Where's Maguire, Andy?" That's what I want to know. Yeah, Luke Shaw. He was talking about Luke Shaw the other day. I mean, I don't buy he'll do that either but he's got a point you could say you don't need united well this is it this is this is the thing i think is so great about this season is i genuinely don't think anyone is essential i don't think i i think you can you know i'm we're saying you know keep the two premiums it allows you the captaincy and all that but at the same time i've seen teams without salar in with one premium yeah. who, have, who have got a, amazing squads like a, you know alexander arnold robertson they've got Havertz, they've got Werner, they've got you know, Martial, they've got a plan for, 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 for Fernandez. It's it's amazing what you can do with, with the money if you do um, decide to spread it around. So I don't think it's a completely, with so many options, I don't think it is a completely ridiculous strategy this year. No, uh, the problem I've got is I'm an overthinker and the whole of the season is playing out in my head all the time. And that's all changed. <laughs> I read yeah. something, I watch something, I listen to something and it's changing again. And I just want to get on with it now. Uh, you know, I... You know, people like us doing shows like this aren't helping at all. Not but, long um, to wait. No, I know, I know. I just, I, I can't wait to get started <laughs> because I think it's gonna, it's gonna be a weight off my mind. Just going, right, I've committed now. I can only make one transfer a week. I'm not going to take too many hits yet. I will do. I will take hits, but I don't. You know, I just want to get done now because I'm torturing myself going round and round and round. Uh, and I wish I was like you and I could be more confident in committing to a locked team. Cause well, moment, I'll not... show you that in game one when I've got 20 points and your well, we'll overthinking has got you 60. So you think that first team's awful and you wouldn't go with it? Mm. Oh, I don't like it at all. Mm. No, I don't like it at all. I, I, I really, I really don't think two six strikers is the way to go. They're not good. In, they're not good. The 6.5s are so, uh, for 0.5 more are so much more quality there and proven. I mean, you talk about proven quality. You, you know, we talk about your decisions last season you know i know it's we're only on the second episode of black box but you're banking on mitrovic and adams and st maximan and you know justin and loads of unproven untested players in that team just so you can get fernandez yeah but i i think you know you said it last week every every time's team's got players like that you can pick on that i mean i could go back to your team and pick on two or three of your players this team team you've got on the screen now has got one it's got adams right I mean, mm. Sir Maximan, I think, you know, debatably isn't, hasn't done that well. But yeah, but I mean, if you're... Around him. But the rest of them, Suchek, yeah. we know, can deliver from from the position he plays. You know, Martial, Werner, Salah, Aubameyang, Robertson, Says, Alexander-Arnold. They're all, you could, yeah. you know, they're all good They're all good players. It's a much more solid like, yeah, foundation for a team. Maybe I just shouldn't be scared of Fernandez. Maybe I should just do it. Maybe I should Maybe I should go with Don't the XG arguments. It's just I'm not. I'm you know a penalty. Andy posted up two penalties in game week one for Fernandez, and it's in game week two. It's it's panic, isn't it? So I don't know. Anyway, let's look at let's look at ahead at the fixtures, shall we? I don't want to look at that team any longer because I know (laughs) it's going to be three or four hours before I go to sleep, and I'll be looking at it a lot longer after this show. So this was we were going to try and make this one an hour. And uh, oh yeah, it'll be alright once a season. We'll say that every week. It'll be alright once a season. It'll be alright next week. This is a problem. I can talk about this. Well, I can as long as I'm not looking at that team. Um, Right. (laughs) So let's look at the fixtures. Who are you scared of then? 
out of the out of the games here and the players you know you're not going to have, who worries you? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, scared. I'm not. I'm not too scared of anyone. I mean, there's there's players that I've con- I'm considering who I'm not going to have who who are a bit Mane, for example. Uh, I mean, players like Jimenez, who are like under the radar yeah. completely, not seen him in a single squad. Even he's though not, he's, he's not going to explode at, at Sheffield United. Like you wouldn't have thought so, but you never know. I mean, Son worries me just because mm. of how many people I'm seeing with him. Vardy as well. If he goes on a run again, and suddenly he becomes a factor in our scenes. I mean, I, he's not even someone I've considered at all. And yet, you know what he's like. If he goes on a run of 10 games yeah. scoring t- double digits again, you know, he's going to be he's going to be kind of got in by everyone. Um I mean, what, what I, I'd say, I'm, I'm really, really interested in that Chelsea game. Uh, the worrying thing for me is in that Chelsea game, if, well, first, if we get battered by Chelsea, it would, won't be a good start to the Premier League uh, for Brighton. But also if Havertz and Pulisic plays as well, and suddenly I'm thinking, how can I shift my, you know, I've got four at the back and only three in midfield. So if, I, you know, you're worried about Fernandez, but, I'm going to struggle to even think about getting in the 8.5 players. Like, I mean, Pulisic, I really, really want. Mm. And I just can't see a way of of getting him without losing someone like Martial or Salah or Aubameyang. So if Pulisic comes in and gets a looks really sharp and scores a goal, he's going to be someone that I'm going to really want and not really have a way of getting. So he's he's the one I'm most scared about, Pulisic. Well, that's what I mean about that first team, though. It, it had good balance of payment across the team. Now, I had mm. Sun there sitting there and Sun could be Havertz if well, Havertz goes mad. Two, two six strikers. Well, yeah, but you have to try and hope that they're going to deliver, don't you? I mean, Mitrovic, incredibly, his ownership, we said last week, ridiculous. So I, I, I like Mitrovic over the fixtures he's got. I don't like him in the first game, but I like him after that because um, I think Fulham, he will get three or four goals over those first seven or eight games, I think. Uh, unless Fulham aren't going to score any goals at all, which is possible. Um, and Adams, yeah, I'm, I, I quite like Adams. But, yeah, I mean, Vardy does worry me a bit because I think he yeah, he always scores at the Hawthorns and it, it's kind of in the stars. But I think we, we're writing off Leicester as not having form in lockdown and we're expecting yeah. them to struggle again, aren't we? Spurs, I don't know what to do. Kane legging for England. I mean, I watched England games going, right, Harry, convince me to have you. I watched it and was like, right, you've done exactly the opposite. I thought it was pretty awful. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw him not looking leggy. He always looks yeah. a bit off or a bit well, deep. Or it's always something, there's always something I watch for him where I'm like, I don't want you in my team. Last, like, in the end of last season, he looked like he was on it again. And he scored a couple of goals. I thought, oh, is that the, that's the cane of old. And I was like looking forward to making, getting an excuse to pick him. And no, I can't. But then, you know, he could fire against, you know, he could fire It's the problem. Everything. He's so capable of a game mm. where he just looks completely off pace. And it's not even, it's not just last season. It's, it's gone on for a couple of seasons now. He's, he's gone from consistently looking like he could, he's, I'm, he's still, his, his goal scoring rate is still deep. It's still good. It's not just decent. It's good. He still scores goals, but he never looks, he doesn't look like he did a few years ago. I haven't seen him for a prolonged period of time. And I think it's, you know, he's had the injuries and things. Uh, I, I just worry too much. I'll just be watching a game. He'll be on the halfway line and I'll be like, right, he's getting a two point. He's getting two points. He's 10.5, which, yeah, I don't, I'm just not really considering Kane. No, no. I, mean, I, I worry that, you know, as I said last week about the players you've had in your team and taken out and and the hunches as well, like Niketia, who's, 
I'm looking at it going, I think he will start for them yeah. and he could do really well. And I think he could. And I worry that I won't go with him and he will deliver. And it's those things you're just going to, oh, you're the frustration. I've, of I've always said Enketia, yeah, great option all season, you know, going to bang the goals in. Uh, all that. <laughs> you definitely, haven't, definitely haven't got a soundbite of me saying he's no, I've got, no, I have. I've got that preserved. So, so when he does get the hat trick, well, I'm trying I to make can... a new one. You see, so I can. No, I'm not going to buy that. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, I. So it's it's those players as well. It's those players like Robertson. If I don't have Robertson, oh, he's played so well in the preseason, hasn't he? He looked pretty good in the lockdown period. He's looked, you know, he's looked. Obviously, Alexander's been Alexander has been injured. Um, I really want Robertson in there. I want that his twin Liverpool defence. If I don't go with him, I'm I'm worried I'm going to watch him against Leeds and he's going to deliver. So um, yeah, there's a few players I'm worried about, and I, I, I'm just anxious going into this first game. I just want to get it done, get it over with, and come back next week and talk about it, and then go from there. Hopefully, with a, with a fairly positive game week behind me, but. I don't know which my t- which team am I going to go with. That's exciting. What am I going to do? I'll be, I'll be paying close attention uh, when they're because we've got to wait longer now, haven't we? Because it's it's half an hour earlier the deadline. Yeah, so that's that means right. An hour, so well, I don't know. It doesn't no. Same. It's still be an hour on it until we see teams. So just an hour and a half until the game starts. Yeah, there'll be no there'll be no uh, sneak peek at team sheets that uh, people will you know exactly, which is good. Um, but yeah, I I just want to get it done. We'll come back next week and we'll start fresh. And I will add my team then, and then. Then we can talk about transfers and captain seats and, and that'll all be something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope not. I really hope not. I, I, the thing is, I know that there's so many hours to go and I'm going to spend, what, 60, 70% of those hours worrying about my team and thinking about it. It's ridiculous. Just Let's just get it done and get started, please. All right. Okay. Um, I think we've uh, we've done enough tonight. I think we're going yeah. on for two hours if we're not careful. But, I know, yeah. Um, my ple- pleasure again, as to talk to you and, and uh, you? share yeah. that with you. And Good luck for game oh, week just one. A, just a quick shout out before we before oh, yeah. we finish. Uh, goal score challenge. I've been chatting to Will and there's a partnership now with with Fantasy Scout, uh, which I got a bit angry about earlier because people have been quite critical of it. Just so everyone's aware, it's a free-to-play game. I don't know if you play it, Mark. Is you pick yeah, a goal scorer every week and you can't pick that player again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've just a bit of fun to, to yeah. do alongside FPL. Um, Who yeah, runs that? I mean, uh, it's goal score challenge on oh, Twitter. Okay. All right. Yeah, but it's you know it's it, it, the guys built up from from scratch and it's it's a really good game. So yeah, check it out if if you haven't already. And also make sure you join our league. Our code is at the bottom. And I, I yes, think we're meant to say or oh, give us a like and subscribe. That's what you give us a like say. and subscribe. Yep. Well, yeah, we want to so... see we want to see the channel grow, and the only way to do that is to subscribe. So I mean, last week we had like ten thousand viewers, but we've only got two thousand subscribers. So if everyone who watched subscribed, then we would have more. Yeah, so I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be hammering that home all the we're time. We're going to be like yeah, those people gonna, in the YouTube. No, videos. exactly. I just like don't and subscribe. Like no, and subscribe. I know. Yeah, give us. There's oh, a bottom. There's I don't a bottom on the do bottom that. right of the video right now. If you click that, you're subscribed, and then you never yeah. have to worry. We've well, done it now. We've done it now. Let's yeah. Let's just do it once. <laughs> let let it grow organically. Let's keep it natural. But yeah, smash okay. that like button. Yeah, that's right. Martin. Oh, don't no, don't say that. <laughs> Please don't say that ever again. Um, okay, thanks, as Good luck in the game. I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot in the next 24 hours anyway, and. Yeah, wish me luck with my uh, with my team selection. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> what am I going to do? It's good night for me. Good night.
Social Podcast Network.